0: All right, Wrestling With Theology fans, this is Pastor Dugman, standing here to be with you to dig deeper into the Word of God this week, looking at Revelation chapter 8, verses 6 and 7, as we look at the first trumpet and this second set of visions and these second set of sevens that are in the book of Revelation. Let's look real quick at the text. Now, the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared to blow them. The first angel blew his trumpet, and there followed hail and fire mixed with blood. And these were thrown upon the earth. And a third of the earth was burned up, and a third of the trees were burned up, and all green grass was burned up. So far our text. Two simple verses, but a lot of things to go into it. Now, as we said last week, Dr. Brighton has this idea of the eighth angel with the censer slowly pouring out and getting a little bit more out of the censer with each of the trumpet blasts. So we have here also in the first trumpet, hail and fire coming out, as we have in the understanding of what was going on with the angel, with the censer. But he says here in verse for verse 6, "...the prayers of the saints have been offered as sweet incense, and now God will answer the pleadings of his people as each angel blows his trumpet." So now we have the prayers have gone up with the incense. Now the fire from the altar being poured out on the earth. Very much like we have in Micah chapter 5, verses 5 and 6. He shall be their peace. When the Assyrian comes into our land and treads in our palaces, then we will raise against him seven shepherds and eight princes of men. They shall shepherd the land of Assyria with the sword and the land of Nimrod at its entrances, and he will deliver us from the Assyrian when he comes into our land and treads within our border. This is where we have from Victorinus in the 3rd century talking about the first angel trumpet. Or Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Remember also your creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years draw near of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them the almond tree blossoms the grasshopper drags itself along and desire fails because man is going to his eternal home and the mourners go about the streets before the silver cord is snapped or the golden bowl is broken or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain or the wheel broken at the cistern and the dust returns to the earth as it was and the spirit returns to god who gave it vanity of vanity says the preacher all is vanity Solomon reminds us at the end here of Ecclesiastes that, again, anything that comes from us trying to say this is what we are going to do instead of God or against God, everything is going to be vanity. We are not going to have that answer because he is going to do what he desires because he is the creator of all things. And Solomon reminds us that it is in our youth that we have those moments, especially where we think we are invincible, where we think that nothing can harm us because we are in the prime of our lives. I have seen many people cut off in the prime of their life, very young, younger than I am, to know that this doesn't always happen to old people. Death happens to anyone because man returns to the dust from which he came. Spirit goes back to God. That is the point Solomon wants us to remember, is that in these things it is the soul and the reunion of soul and body on the last day that makes all of the stuff that looks like vanity here in this life makes it all worthwhile, makes it all make sense. Although it doesn't make sense to us now, it will, after the end the venerable b as he's writing his commentary to the english church on the book of revelation uses the seven trumpets as the sevenfold spirit of god made zealous by the sevenfold spirit the church prepared herself to preach with faithfulness and to cast down the pomp of the world by the heavenly trumpets even as happened to the walls of jericho for even that walking around them for seven days is indicative of the entire time of the church uh, so we look at Joshua chapter 6, where the Israelites do march around Jericho. Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out, and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, with its king and mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all the men of war going around the city once. You shall, thus you shall do for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before they ark. On the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall flat, and the people shall go up, everyone straight before him. So Joshua the son of Man called a priest and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and let seven priests bear trumpets of ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, Go forward, march around the city, and let the armed men pass on before the Ark of the Lord. So it is real simple. God says you will go around the city once a day for six days, then seven times around on the seventh day. Blow the seven trumpets and the wall will collapse all on its own. This is what Bede says is going to happen here on in the last days where we have the seven trumpets being sounded by the seven trumpet angels. But before we get further into this, we need to do a quick definition check here. This week we are going to have Gehenna mentioned often. Gehenna is an afterlife in rabbinic Judaism where unrighteous souls are punished for a short time, typically between 3 and 12 months. It became an important part of Jewish eschatology and represented divine judgment in the afterlife but also gives a little bit of rise to the idea of purgatory in that it's going to be this time of judgment and this time of taking care of sins that are not taken care of in this life so that the people can progress into heaven, which is exactly what the idea of purgatory is. So Gehenna will be brought out by the early church fathers several times this week. So let's go to the first trumpet here, verse 7. The first angel blew his trumpet, and there followed hail and fire mixed with blood. And these were thrown upon the earth, and a third of the earth was burned up, and a third of the trees were burned up, and all green grass was burned up. This is very similar to the seventh plague on Egypt in Exodus 9, with the exception of there was no blood mingled in with the fire and hail. But you have this idea of this judgment coming down, this great thing that destroys much of what's in Egypt at the time, except for in the land of Goshen. So we have this idea that there will be destruction, but it will not be complete destruction, that only a third would be affected. Andrew Caesarea says, Some have interpreted these things to depict the punishments of sinners in Gehenna. Here's where we start which is symbolically described as various kinds of physical torment. However, we think it more likely that the third portion is not those from the totality of people who will be punished in the coming age, but rather for the way which leads to destruction is broad, Matthew 7:13). This passage shows the plagues that will occur before the consummation. The hail indicates the scourging that will come from heaven for righteous judgment, and the fire mixed with blood indicates the destruction by fire and slaughter at the hands of the barbarians that will occur daily. The Venerable Bede writes, The first trumpet of the church's preaching reveals the universal destruction of the impious by fire and hail. The foretelling of these plagues is rightly compared with the trumpet, which is the signal for battle. For the scripture says, Lift up your voice as a trumpet. Declare to my people their transgressions. Isaiah fifty-eight one, And elsewhere, Set the trumpet to your lips as an eagle over the house of the Lord. Hosea 8, one. That the punishment of Gehenna is the reward of... For the works that spill blood is indicated by the voice of the preachers who say, He will pass from the waters of the snow to the very great heat. Job 24.19 It is possible that by the word blood the spiritual death of the soul is intended. Ticonius again bringing this out to the idea of the church. One third consists of the false brothers who are mixed in among the good within the church, and another third that is separated by the error of the Gentiles or by heretical depravity or by open schism. And so the church, namely the one third, must struggle against the double evil as though it were simplicity resisting duplicity. We have ideas like in Zechariah, chapter 13. in the whole land declares the Lord, two-thirds shall be cut off and perish, and one-third shall be left alive. And I will put this third into the fire, and refine them as one refines silver, and test them as gold is tested. They will call upon my name, and I will answer them. I will say, They are my people, and they will say, The Lord is my God. Or Joel chapter 2, starting in verse 30. I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. So we have this idea in Zechariah of the breaking apart of the people that one third remains faithful, whereas the other two thirds are brought about by various different winds of doctrine and ideas that come from their own minds. This is kind of the inverse of what we see in the battle between Satan and the Archangel Michael in chapter 12 where it is Satan and one-third of the angels battling off against the Michael and the two-thirds that are left. This idea of one-third, two-thirds definitely gives us a split of pointing out who is who. As Zechariah says, this one-third, this faithful third, this faithful remnant will be tested by fire as gold is tested, will be refined as silver is refined, so that their faith may continue to be great. This is very much like the parable of the sower, where we have the four different types of soil. And it's only the good soil that reaps the abundant harvest of 30-fold, 60-fold, or 100-fold. The rest are choked out by the cares of the world, picked off by the various different demonic teachings around the world, or just frivolously not listening. We have all these things, and this does seem to be the vast majority of the people that we talk to in this world, is that those who do not see the Lord as their God. They do not see themselves as the people of God as part of this faithful remnant that is striving, wrestling with everything that's going on around them so that they might truly understand what it is that they believe. This has been a quick look at the first trumpet. I hope it has been helpful to you as I'm going through this. I'm like, okay, maybe there was a little bit more I could have done differently But please, if you have comments about something, if you have questions, if I'm not clear, please email me, wrestlingwiththeology at gmail.com. Leave a message on the Facebook page. I am more than happy to answer the questions and to talk with you who listen to this podcast so that I may see how I can improve the podcast in the future. But that's it for this week. Next week, we get into the second trumpet And we talk about, again, mountains being thrown into the heart of the sea. But until then, this is Pastor Doug Minton, thanking you for being here. Thank you for digging deeper with me into the scriptures, into the book of Revelation, so that we might better understand how we can wrestle with it and the rest of the scriptures as we wrestle with the theology around us. Amen.